Welcome back to the No New Friends podcast. I am your host, Sylvia, and we have another guest for you today. Sam, Sammy, my Habibi, I love you. Welcome to the show. <laughs> I love you more. Hey, Sylvia, <laughs> been a long time. I mean, time. I know, I know. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. And as, oh. as we spoke always spoke uh you know i'm an open book and i'm ready to talk about anything today thank you i thought you were kind of mad at me because you went to lebanon not i mean what already two years ago almost right yeah 2021 and you brought yeah. me a gift and we still have not met, uh, met up and i'm like he's gonna have his feelings hurt he's gonna think i'm not a good friend to him it's it's still sitting in the drawer it won't go anywhere <laughs> it's still waiting for you <laughs> Good, because, because now I'm ready to leave the kids with my husband and I'm ready to take a trip to San Francisco. Awesome. Yeah, I'll be waiting for you because I can't give it to anyone else and have your name in <laughs> Lebanese on it. I so, only have one Sylvia. Yes. Thank you. I should be the one and only Sylvia. <laughs> Absolutely. Always. So Sam and I met, we or both hairstylists. Do you still do hair? I still do hair here and there. Uh, but yeah, I, it's not an official job for me. I don't work somewhere. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like my uh, my uh, clients that like me. I just go to their uh, houses and that's it. Cool. Yeah, I don't do hair anymore, yeah. but I did hair for many, 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 many years as you did too. So we met um, working at a hair salon in San Francisco and our relationship i felt like just grew stronger and stronger i think we had a really good um connection because we came from a lot of culture absolutely uh i i do think and i've always said it like uh, uh i was in that salon for almost five years and the only person i 100 percent connected with was you Aww. because i think i never clashed like clashed with you uh i, I mean we did here and there, just because we're brats, both of us. Uh, but <laughs> but other than that, I don't think we had problems like uh, work-wise. You know what I mean? Like I had some issues with other coworkers, which is uh, I don't want to mention. I don't want to talk about. No, no, it's no, in no. The, we it's, don't have to. It's in the yeah, it's in the past, <laughs> so we're over it. Uh, but yes. Uh, yes, I mean the way you educated me, the way you uh, opened my eyes on things, the way you yelled at me to correct me the way the way it made me who I wanted to be to be honest with you because coming back coming here from like a different different culture like even when it comes to her styling like all what we did back home the school I went to everything was different you know what I mean we never booked an appointment it was just walk-ins all day long people walk in and just sit on the couch and wait for their turn yes and the salon uh, but here was yeah. very structured yes absolutely it was team based of course every single day uh i just wake up and i'm thankful for uh, all what i've passed through up and downs because it made me who i am today i feel like i was like a sister to you in a way like i never yelled at you or really anything for any to be catty it was more to teach you i felt like yeah absolutely. not just about yes. hair it wasn't just about hair. It was kind of just like a way of being in a way. Uh, I do remember I do remember when I first moved here and I was like uh, working two jobs, the hair salon and another job. And I was like all over the place working from 7 a.m. to like to midnight. And I was just like soaking myself, seasoning myself in this different culture. You know what I mean? And I used to be very... I'm, I mean, I still, I'm still am very sensitive, uh, but uh, I do remember forever. Uh, the owner of that salon took me on the side. Uh, I don't want to say names, and she told me, uh, "If you keep taking things personal in your life, you will never survive. You will never succeed. You will never get to where you want to be." Uh, so that that advice she gave me is still with me until today, uh, and that taught me a lot actually because like. Uh, where I come from, especially you would understand when it comes to culture things. If, like, if you say good morning to somebody, they tell you, thank you, good morning to you. So the thank you is something very, very, very like, uh, I would say, 
structured something we add to every single thing we say back home but here like i used to do a lot of things and i used to look at myself like oh my god i did something amazing but those people just don't care this is how i felt but at the end of the day i was like it seems like i'm taking things personal they like my job they like what i'm doing but this is those people have different personalities have different views of life have like have they are soaked in this culture in here they are here already so it's on me to wake up pick up myself and just stop taking things personal and it worked it worked really 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 good today i look back at it and i'm like oh thank god i am i am here you know i earned at that job more than i did any other job in my whole entire life and exactly, it was exactly. it was because of diva hope i need to interview her one day because the way she speaks she was born to mentor born to speak and she gave it to us hard i felt like we were very humbled there oh yeah absolutely oh my god yeah as you said diva taught us a lot uh even though the ups and downs and everything and all what we dealt with in that salon uh she was a nice person she is a nice person i do agree she she definitely molded me into who i am and i think um yeah we both can be sensitive <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> Yes, absolutely. So, and I know, I know where you're from, but can you tell our listeners absolutely. where you were born? Well, I am Sam. Sammy. My 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 real name is Hosam. H O U S A M, and that comes from a Middle Eastern culture, a Middle Eastern country. And that I am from Beirut, Lebanon. I grew up in Beirut, Lebanon. Uh, I was born in '91, and uh, I moved to the U.S. back in 2014 becoming uh citizens just in 10 days right when <laughs> I you know, say right? lebanon <laughs> i just want to go woo because i just love <laughs> lebanese culture so much oh my god i know it's 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 amazing it's you know but it's so sad that what have been happening in the whole world actually not only in lebanon like uh, like a couple years ago when i went for the first time after seven years not seeing my mom, not seeing my sister, who I left when she was just 11 and she just turned like 20, not too long ago. It was different. Even though you think you know your family, when you go away for seven years, not like just face, FaceTiming them, speaking on the phone with them, talking on the phone Thank with them, God. just texting. Everything is different because like I, I experienced myself I experienced my, my myself, I wanted to experience for a long time, but I didn't get the chance to do back home because of the cultural things. Uh, I couldn't be gay back home. I couldn't be myself back home. I used to be bullied all the time. It's just tough. And the thing is, when I came here, um, I figured out who I am. And going back home, dealing with like my mom's personality that I never been dealt with for the last seven years, or my dad's personality, or my sister that I don't know her personality in general because she's a different person. She she used to be a kid, now she's an adult. So it was tough. Uh, it gave me a lot of anxiety. I would say that uh, it gave me a lot of there's just too much thinking about things, how things change. Am I the right person? Are my family the right people? Uh, you know what I mean? It, it took me a lot to figure out the connection I want to have with my family after all this time. And I think um, I was supposed to stay there for like three weeks. I came back after two weeks. I could not handle it. Like the country really? was, yes, the country was still in deep COVID in 21. And not only that, uh, like uh, August of 2020, we had the biggest explosion in the world. Uh, by the port, by the piers uh, back home, and it exploded my whole city. Uh, when I went there to check on all all the the stupid things that happened, uh, I was crying. I was crying. I was literally taking pictures and crying. This scenery I'm seeing in front of me that is like down, down the, the dumps, down the ground, all the buildings, everything. That was the scenery for me every single day on the school bus to go and like listening to the cultural music on the on the bus going to school, I see the, the ocean. So it was all just gone, you know what I mean? It was a lot to me to deal with. Uh, and that's what made me really deal with anxiety after I came back. And I'm still dealing with it until today. 
I have my therapist, I take my medication, everything is going great. But at the same time, you know, you don't know what are you dealing with until you experience it. You really experience more than I think I could ever even imagine experiencing for myself. I knew you were here for a reason and for a purpose. And it's Absolutely. so sad what happened over there. I'm sorry that you guys all had to go through that and continue to, to recover after that. It is so sad, it, but, you know, it's... It is. It's, it is, actually. You know what? I hope one day, I hope... I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a faithful guy. I'm a hopeful guy. I hope one day things in this world comes to a better end. Because, trust me, I mean, why do people care about other people's business? Why do politics have to ruin our life? Why does religion have to ruin all our life? You know what I mean? Just have your own life. Choose your own choices. Live your own life. Don't look at other people. Other people's job and business is not ours to deal with. Because if we really want to handle our business and other people's business and that person's business and that lady's business, we're going to be so tired and we're going to be really, really tired at the end of the day. So what I learned is just like, okay, I mean, good for you. You can be whoever you want to be. But hey, stay in your lane. I will stay in my lane. That's all I really care about. I remember um, a Facebook post that you had put up, and it was um, National Coming Out Day. Was it that was 2017. 2017, 2017, yes. And you came out to your parents for the I first did. Time. I had to. I had to, Sylvia. I really had to because, like, I'm here. 2017 was almost three years for me here. And those three years have changed who I am, have just showed me who the person I want to be, even though I was still dealing with a lot. For the first two years, I'd say, it's tough because you are just like in a culture shock. You're still like, even if I'm a queer person, I'm still seeing stuff I've never seen in my life before, you know? I started experiencing the queer life, especially in the capital of queerness, San Francisco. Uh, Coming out, I woke up. I woke up on that day and I started seeing, literally, I opened my eyes, I opened my Facebook and everyone of my friends was literally choking and telling about, telling everybody about, uh, posting about their coming out story. So I was like, oh my God, why do people have the cards to do that? But I don't. I think I really want to do it. I did not hesitate once. I hold up the phone. I FaceTime my mom. I'm like, hey, what are you doing? We need to talk. And my mom loves me so much. She's like, she's like, she would do anything for me. I was like, are you okay? Are you okay? What happened to you? You want to come back home? That was the first thing she told me. Are you okay? Do you need help? You want to come back home? I was like, hey, hey, calm down. I'm really okay. I don't want to come back home. That's never going to happen. But I'm going to talk to you about something I want to talk to you about for the longest time ever. Like, what's going on? I was like, are you, you should be sitting on the couch. <laughs> you should get a glass of water. Uh, that's stuck. She was like, are you sure you're okay? I was like, mom, yes. So I told her, do you love me? She was like, yes, you know that. Why are you asking? I was like, do you care about me? She was like, yes, why are you asking? She kept on telling me, why are you asking over a hundred times? Until I gave her the tea. I was like, hey, mom, I'm gay. I don't like girls. I like boys. Hey, mom, I like boys. Hey. <laughs> so <laughs> she was like, um, she went silent for, I'd say, 20 seconds. Did it and feel like a year? Me. Yes. <laughs> I was like, mom, come on, say something. Um, then literally 20 seconds after she started crying, I was like, do you think I'm, I'm going to be mad at you because you're gay? I know you are gay. I felt it since you were a little kid, but I never want to talk to it about it because I love you and I don't want to hurt your feelings. And I'm here for you. I support you and I love you, whoever you are. Whatever you want to be, I'm here for you. I will always be your mom. Well, that made it so, so, so like amazing there. And I was like, where's dad? I have to talk to dad and my brothers. She was like, no one's here. You're going to call everybody later and tell them. I had to FaceTime my dad after. I thought it would be really bad, but uh, it wasn't that bad. It was bad with my brother. My dad just looked at me for like three seconds 
Then he gave the phone back to my mom. I was like, hey, 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 why are you running away? I'm talking to you. He was like, you are who you are. You will always be my son and I love you. That's all that came out of his mouth. Since the time I came out until today, he never said anything about it. That's like almost six years, I'd say. That's six years, I guess. Are you okay Never. With, with just that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And he he messaged me every day. He checked on me every day. He loves me. I know my dad is a very reasonable person, a very understanding person. My dad is the very mellow, chill uh, partner <laughs> in my parents' uh, marriage. But my mom is the crazy one. You know what I mean? And the only thing that didn't go good was with my older brother. Uh, before I got to my older brother, uh, my sister was crying and crying and crying. I was like, hey, what are you crying? How old are you? She was like 15. It was like, she was like 15, I guess, or 16. I was like, do you know what gay means? She was like, no. I was like, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to literally explain to you. Gay means that I don't like girls. I like boys. And there's a lot of us. I was born this way. I, this is who I am. Do you have a problem with this? Do you think your brother is going to change and be a different person just because he's gay? She was like, no, I will always love you and I support you. But now she knows, now she understands. Now she has gay friends back home. She calls me and tells me, hey, Sam, uh, look, I have gay friends now. She's, she's, proud of, she's proud of it, you know what I mean? And that makes me so happy. Of course. Uh, but my older brother did not like it. And he was like, I don't want to talk about this. And he stopped talking for me for a year and a half. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's uh, tough. I don't. Yes, I mean, to be honest with you, I love him so much and I love him even more now. Uh, we have the thing, Sylvia, we had a great connection back home. The way we grew up in that house is like we are all connected. If you, sorry, I'm going to say it, if you fart, the whole family knows that you farted. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so we grew up in a very good connection. And um, just to see this separation for a little bit of time. Uh, it was tough, yes. But at the, I get, at the end of the day, I never stopped asking about him. I've always called mom and asked her, asked her about him and asked about his job, about his uh, engagement, about everything. Until one day, by himself, he talked to mom and he was like, how's Sam? So he asked about me. Then he reached out and he's like, hey, I miss you. How's it going? Blah, blah, blah. Sorry, it took, took me a long time, but I love you and I respect you for who you are. You can be whoever you are. You want to be... And that's it. That's that's since 2019, I guess. And it has been working. I went back home. We went out together. We had hookah together. We I met his fiance and her family. It was amazing. It changed. All changed. It speaks so, that you had the courage to come out when you had come from a culture that was not supportive of that lifestyle. And even coming out and having that estranged relationship with your brother for a year it gives, I think, people hope to just do it if they really feel in their gut and their heart that they need to come out to their family to just do it and know that it's okay if they don't accept it right away. And it may just take some time for some people to process it. That That is absolutely right. Because like we're going to come to a section where we're going to talk about my new organization and everything. And what I talk to fellas about every single day is give it time give people time there so giving people time to digest i would say digest and take their time like understand look search uh look around ask talk about that thing that maybe they didn't have information about they weren't educated about it giving them time to do that to do their part before coming back to us to accept us who we are is very, very fair. That's what I say all the time. Giving people time to digest and think about things is very fair. It's not only in that just coming out. It's in everything in this life. Just when you, let's say, suggest, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to a coworker. I'm suggesting an idea about a new post, let's say, on social platforms. I give him time. I just, you, you can't rush anything. Because anything you rush in this life is going to fade away really fast. I'm very happy for you. I know that you have this new um, project that you are coming out with called Trans Clinique. Can you tell me yes. a little bit about that? 
Absolutely. Um, Trans Clinique actually is a trans-owned and operated gender-affirming virtual clinic that we founded to serve the trans, non-binary, and gender non-confirming communities. Strive to become like everyone that who they want to come their authentic self through quality and compassionate healthcare. To be honest with you, uh, yes. So as as you know, me and you were hairstylists, and one of my um, I would say chosen sisters, uh, I used to do her hair, uh, is a trans uh, woman herself. And she's an MD doctor. She works uh, for two hospitals in San Francisco and in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, so we were just doing her highlights at her place here in San Francisco. And she was like, Sam, I have, I have a really great idea I want to share with you. Do you want to listen? I was like, sure, tell me about it. So she told me about this what she's thinking to come out with a virtual telemedicine clinic for trans people like herself. So she don't want people, trans people and non-binary folks to deal with the stupid things she dealt with before as she, as she transitioned and as she took her medication and as she got the surgery. And you know what? She's an MD doctor. She's, I think a lot of people is... don't realize how much harder it is to transition. They think it's just, um, oh, they just want to do this and that. And they don't realize, like, when someone is choosing to transition, it is a whole lifestyle, everyday struggle. And Absolutely. not just with your own self mentally, like, medically. Absolutely. Absolutely, Sylvia. I agree because it's just transitioning is just not taking testosterone or estrogen every day and that's it for you it takes at least two to three years dealing with your body your body changes if you're transitioning from uh, male to female you need to take all the testosterone you need to like see your doctors you need to do your lab work you need to do your blood work it's a lot of work that goes two to three years before you even start thinking about going to the gender confirmation center and getting the surgery with a doctor it takes a lot of work it takes a lot of cards especially in a world or in a country where uh, 10 states support some law and the rest 40 states are just signing bulls against those people every single day but i'm really proud to say with my head high we are serving in 25 states right now wow and we we are in Alabama, Arizona, California, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Illinois, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maine, Maryland, Michigan, Minnesota, Montana, Nevada, New Hampshire, New York, Oklahoma, Texas, Utah, Vermont, Washington, and West Virginia. We are in all those states right now. So if anyone listening to this podcast soon, please, Please, please reach out to any trans or non-binary family member, brother, friend, chosen friend, chosen family member, and tell them about us if they are in one of those states that have bills against them and they can't get their medication really prescribed for them. We will ship their medication to their door and they will take it secretly and have it without anyone annoying or interfering with any what they want to do. And it goes uh, back to what you said, let people be who they want to be. It is none of your business. It doesn't affect absolutely. your life personally and stop judging and pointing fingers when you don't even understand or even get it 1%. Abs- absolutely. Absolutely. It took me, it took me some time, Sylvia, it took me some time, like just building from zero took us. So we were out 2021. I would say we had, 50 patients 2020 we started 2023 with 270 patients and it's just goes great on top of what we serve with medical uh pills gel uh, all kind of things we have a couple uh, benefits we do uh the benefits we do is uh trans tuesday this is a, a zoom a community meeting uh trans tuesday uh, we have like seminars uh, designed to educate, entertain, and allow to meet new friends and community from all over the country. Not only that, you can literally, uh, we have speakers, they can be plastic surgeons, voice coaches, makeup artists, and like hairstylists. We get some therapists, binding specialists, and a lot of uh, professionals in this field to give people that are joining from all over the States an advice they're looking for something good to hear that they've been looking for. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. And on Sundays, we have something called Wake Up With Ali. Wake Up With Ali is a virtual workout every Sunday from 9.30 to 10.30. So all people can join just on Zoom, get the link and join the workout. And she gives a workout every Sunday uh, from 9.30 to 10.30, as I said. Yeah, we have a lot of benefits. Um, we have a lot of fundings, actually. We do some fundings like every three months. We pick up up to five patients and we give them uh, medication and treatment for a whole year for free. And that funding comes from me just going all over the bars, doing some fundraisers, uh, getting some donations. So we put all those these money, all this money in just like a separate account. And we do those funding for uh, low income patients that they can't pay for their medication. So we can support them and give them that for free. Incredible. It that, is. It is. You it literally is are the definition of hustler. I mean, ever since I've <laughs> met you, you've had two to three jobs. You always have your eye on the prize. I mean, there's always something that you're so heavily passionate about, and you're just a go getter. And I, I admire that so much about you. You are. Maybe because such, I'm a Libra. <laughs> It's just who you are, Sam. You you were born yeah. that way. You definitely came into this world to help and to have a purpose. You have a purpose in this world and you're, you're finding it. And I'm sure this is not the last of what you find in your purpose in this world. It's incredible. There's that's that's the most amazing thing for people to be able to get their medication in states that it's not legal. I mean, especially coming from you and I come from cultures that are not accepting of the trans community, non-binary. I mean, I've caught my mom watching her Portuguese uh, soap operas and the news, and they're actually having interviews with trans people. And my mom's in tears. And you can see that she's starting to shift and see empathy for um, these people and their stories and their families. And I and the other day, my mom had told my dad, but this is how they feel. They don't feel like they're a girl or they don't feel like they're a boy. And she's defending it now. And it's incredible to hear and see oh. that. And oh. I don't even have to fight against it. It's um, it's naturally happening. And it's a good thing that the world is evolving because the world is changing and you can't fight against it. Oh, my God. I love your mom so much. <laughs> <laughs> does, she, does she still sing for you? Oh, she doesn't. She'll never stop singing. The whole house, <laughs> whole house, whole house sings. We can't help I love it. that. I, I always <laughs> see the videos. I love it so much. So yeah, it comes back uh, to, again, the support you get. Literally the support. If you don't, look, if you just sit with your mom on the couch and you and her watching something about that, that you don't understand, she would never change her mind. She would just be stuck in the culture things she know. But education is a key. Trust me, education is a key. I know people that goes like, I'm one of those people. I'm going next week to a school here in San Francisco for kids between six and 12 to talk about trans and non-binary people. And we're doing something called uh, a drag queen story hour that have been really <laughs> bombarded lately in all over the States, which is amazing. It is just drag queen uh, holding a book and reading to kids about life, about how every single body is beautiful, fat bodies are beautiful, thin bodies are beautiful, big nose are beautiful, small nose are beautiful. Human bodies are beautiful the way they are. You are beautiful the way they are. That's what the drag queens are doing and telling the kids. And they're getting bombarded with love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, trust me, trust me, those, those no, drag queens, I love Those drag queens going to school and just they're being nice and friendly. They don't have a gun. They're not shooting the kids. We have no, shooting every single day in this country. It's the worst when it comes to shooting. Just some, and they always blame it on mental health. I'm so sorry. I have mental health issues, but I never hold, I own the gun or thought about hurting somebody. Oh my God, if I see literally my, my dog is annoying me, I would never just hurt her. You know what I mean? It's insane. How can you just shoot? some other person in front of you definitely mental health but it's the lack of support people get for their mental health and i think that we have to we've come a long way because now everybody you talk to is in therapy and i know for me growing up if you're in therapy you're crazy you're cuckoo like, yes yes and nowadays everyone is in therapy and it's i hope that we you know can 
grow from that because there's just a lot of demons that we have or childhood trauma and some things that happen in earlier in our lives that affect us for the rest of our lives. And if we don't work through and process that, then we're just doomed to be able to even communicate properly or, and we're just emotional beings and you're like, you know, taking things out on people, but really you're just deflecting. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're projecting, you know, projecting, projecting. Yes. Projecting Absolutely. that. Uh, so but the I thing think is, it's important to, to, to acknowledge yeah, that th- there are a lot, there's a huge mental health crisis in the world, but there, there needs to be a huge turnover and giving people support when they need therapy. And it's very expensive. Therapy is very expensive. And to just speak to people about having therapy, if you don't like the person that you're talking to, switch it up. For instance, I have had a therapist who's a lot older, and so she helped me open all these wounds and go through all these things, but she didn't really have the tools to help me like close the wounds. So I'm on a hunt for a kind of, I want a a younger therapist, something that is more relatable, and that's okay to switch it up. If you don't feel comfortable talking or you feel like you're not vibing with your therapist, then switch it it up. Yeah, yes. absolutely. I did that couple of, couple of times last year. I had a therapist is meant to be listening, observe, like observing and giving you advice. And uh, my therapist now is amazing. He sends me documents all the time to my email. And it's just like bars and tables, what to do if I get the anxiety attack. It's nice. It's like going back to kindergarten. <laughs> you have to follow everything on the table. <laughs> but oh it's, it's, it's helpful. Well, you uh, have to Yes, absolutely. Uh, by the way, uh, if anyone need any resource for mental health, for legal resource, for speech therapy, for mental health providers, for support groups, for anything, you can go on our website, transclinic.com, and you can go to the section where it says resources. We list some mental health providers in California, in Illinois, in New York, and we have some, like at least five, six mental health uh, therapists providers that are really good in California. So it's not, it's not only for uh, trans and non-binary people, it's for the whole community. Just jump on our website. And if you need anything, just email me. I will reply to you literally when I get a chance, but I will help you find whatever you're looking for. And there's a lot of folks have been asking about PrEP. PrEP is the medication we take every single day uh, for uh, preventing HIV. And it has been approved for like over 10 years right now. Um, so you can, we, we provide this as well for all. Amazing. Look at you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm here. Snap <laughs> it out for Sam. That's amazing. Yeah. I might have oh, to eat. You of must course. have a, like a full heart right now. Oh my God, absolutely. And of course, of course, of course, I would ask anyone who is just not in need someone who is just having two dollars five dollars ten dollars on the side that they're not using today if you really can go to the website and on top of our corner on the right side we have something called donate if you donate those two three dollars it all add up to the money we can literally afford giving people all the free medication they need all the low-income people especially again with all those dumb bills signed all over the states I know. I'm, I'll make sure to add all of the links and website um, when this episode is posted as well, too. Yes, so I have a qu- question for you. Yes. Can coworkers be real friends or is that just a temporary friendship? Mm. Uh, to be honest with you, this is a tough question. Uh, it goes both ways. They can be good friends and they can be bad friends. Not, I, won't, I won't say bad friends. I would say acquaintance in your life just like you work with them you know what i mean you work with them and they're gone you know what i mean but look at me and you today 2016 it's 2023 that's literally i would say seven years seven years we never stopped we worked for easy with each other's from 2016 to 2019 or, or you left earlier 2018 i guess when you got married yes so two two years and a half and five years after, we are still chatting. We are st- I'm still on your podcast. Uh, I'm still talking about everything to you. I reached out and I told you, the first person who I told I'm getting my citizenship done is you. Oh, no my. one knew that time. So I think 
You, I would say it depends on the person, uh, but I would say Work it's a maybe. Be very toxic. An old coworker I did not get along for a long time at the salon, just sold me at Apple Store out of nowhere. And they are the people who reached out, came closer to me, tapped me on my shoulder, and gave me a hug, and they wanted to say hi. So you just don't know what people are passing through when they just say something wrong or do something wrong or just attack you or just like uh, don't respect you or your feelings or hurt your feelings. Sometimes uh, you can forgive, but at the same time, you cannot forget what happened. You have to keep an eye open on what happened, even though over time, people who hurt you once, they can hurt you twice or three times or five times or 10 times. Because if they do it and they don't care about your feelings, they will do it all over. Give so much information of my life to coworkers because I think it's when you work with people, it's very, we're still dealing with an environment that people want to get ahead. And sometimes people don't mind stepping on you to get ahead. So you have to be very careful with coworker relationships. Absolutely. And that's what you, you said it hundred percent, right? It's a fact that you said they want to do anything to step on top of you. And that is the challenge for me. I don't like anyone stepping on me. I mean, oh my God, you can shine in your own way. I can shine in my own way. Uh, we don't have to clash or you don't have to be rude or mean to me. So you can like top me with your job. You know what I mean? It but, way more about the other person than it does yourself though yep it's it's on them this is exactly what i'm about to say it's 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 all on them yes my husband he works with pretty much all men and they have like a lot of macho talk and there a lot of you know it's just kind of it's any workplace it gets a little bit toxic and i and i just said sometimes you just have to go to work and do what you are paid to do and leave because at the end of the day, you're a number on the payroll and they don't care about you the way that you care about them. True. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. And I know a lot of people literally who got fired, even though they are amazing workers, but just because the environment, not only fired, they left. I mean, I've seen a lot of people work for a day or two or a week then leave when the work environment is not healthy. It is not healthy for anybody. Number so, one reason why a person leaves um, a workplace is poor management. Environment is not healthy, especially when you just like see two coworkers in front of you fighting. This is unhealthy for me because if, if you see it once, you're going to see it a hundred times. We were, we were in a pretty toxic work environment, but thankfully... Yeah. We were genuinely happy people <laughs> and positive. So there wasn't too much to, to take us down for too long. You know, we'd have our moments and then we'd go, you know, have food and have a margarita at lunch. Yes. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Our secret the, margaritas. Yes. Uh, to be honest with you, it's, it's our personalities as well. I have a strong, strong personality. Like literally, sometimes I get uh, some bad comments from people like I'm just ignorant or just cocky or whatever I'm like, I, I swear to god I'm not if you really know me you know I'm the sweetest person ever but you hey are. I had to deal That's with shit in, in my life like if you look at my body now it's all wounded because of all what I've passed through in my life since I was I would say 11 years old I'm 31 years old. That's 20 years. For the last 20 years, I've dealt with things in my life that no one would deal with. And on top of that, I moved to a new culture, to a new country, to a foreign country. And on top of the last 20 years, the last seven, eight years of them have taught me even more than that. Because you know what? Again and again and again, I know who I am today. I know what I want. And I don't, I know what I don't want in my life. So was the immigration process really hard for you? Uh, uh, the immigration process is because I've, I've, I, I came legally. I had a lawyer. I, I applied everything legally. I never did anything illegal. It was, if you do that right from the beginning, you get to the end, right? Just what I'm doing right now in 10 days. Uh, so, but Again, we have to understand that not everyone affords immigration and paying for the lawyers and everything. But again, my advice for you, 
even if you can't afford a, a personal lawyer or a private attorney, there's a lot of communities out there who can help you apply for immigration for free. I know it takes a little bit more time when it's a free attorney because it's an organization, but at the end of the day, you will start getting your, your benefits, your rights to be living in the US as a legal person, because if they have anything against you, they will look your name up and you have a file in the country. You have a file in the system. You, 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 you tried, you're doing something you tried, but just sitting there and waiting on something to happen, it's not gonna happen. And that's, I swear to God, Sylvia, for the last two years, I would say over five people that I don't know, I've helped them find organizations to apply for citizenship. And two of them have already gotten their green card. Wow. So, yes. So the thing that's is, your next don't... business. <laughs> <laughs> Immigration center. Yes. Imagine. I mean, I don't mind. I swear to God, if I afford doing that for free for every single immigrant, I will do it. Because again, look what Alexis did. He was like, I don't want any trans or non-binary folk to deal with what I dealt with for the last 20 years. That's what I feel too. I don't want any immigrant to deal with the with 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 all those ups and downs in immigration, especially with when we have change in power, change in presidency, change in laws every now and then. It took me they like let's say let, it wasn't fair for me, I would say for the first 3 years because uh, when I first like moved to the US, I took it took me 2 months to apply for my papers. Uh, with, so I had to prepare all my documents and the lawyer and everything. So we applied two months after. My interview for my asylum came two years and a half after. But the law now, they don't let you stay in the country this long before yeah. you get your interview. So now you have to apply three months after you do your interview, you get accepted or not, then you get a work permission and you start working. Before that, no, I was, I had a work permit. I was working with only just a work permit. That's how it is. So everything has been changing, everything easier, to be honest with you, especially with uh, our president now, immigration is way easier. Uh, but again, it takes time. It takes really time. It took me, I will say 20, 14, 20, 23, 7, uh, 6, 9, almost 9 years to get my passport. Yes. Yeah, I am a product of immigrants. I'm first generation here. And I know my dad and my grandma had their citizenship. And my mom just got her citizenship last year. And, you know, she was still here legally through her green card and everything like that. But even being married for, you know, almost 50 years and... Um, here since she was 14 years old you know it, it still took time for her to get the courage she was so scared of the test and I said if our, my grandma that to this day doesn't speak any English could pass so can you I don't so, think they do the test for people over 50 years anymore yeah so she she was able to you know um go to the embassy it was a lot easier for her um, to, to get it, but it, it took so long. But when Trump became president, it was scary because they're like, they, I was like, told my mom, uh, he doesn't want you here. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want anyone here. Trust me. If he yeah, can kick, so... if, if he can kick everybody out, he would do it. So he would live on his own. So I, I, you know, my dad has had a, you know, janitorial company for over 50 years and he's employed so many people and he's given this country so much and he's built an empire from nothing coming from a speck in on the map of Portugal, the tiniest little bit. <laughs> and he really made something and he has three daughters that have, you know, careers and families and also, you know, so when people talk, you know, bad about immigrants coming over, we do so much and we have actually a lot more drive than most native people here. Yep, we are yep. we have a lot more drive and hustle passion 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 it's the passion trust me because like i think the passion is in the air back in other country, uh, countries and cultures you see like you you smell it oh my god you're passionate about this tomato growing up there <laughs> you're passionate about the smell of the wood burning in the forest the bonfire here there's no passion about nothing literally nothing you can just eat a burrito, have a Diet Coke, go uh, smoke some weed and go to bed. That's all what you do here. 
Well, hopefully, <laughs> add some sparkle to some people's lives and give them some passion and drive. Absolutely. Uh, a special thing I want to ask you to do for me before we end this podcast. What's that? I'm scared. You, you're gonna sing for me. No. Yes, we're not ending this podcast, and I'm gonna be no. late on my other meetings. What if the you heck don't am sing. I gonna sing? You just, just put me out on the spot. <laughs> yeah. See, absolutely. But you don't have to be scared because you know how to do it. So no, there's w- no just... way. <laughs> I will send you a voice note later. Heck no. Oh. <laughs> just one. Just one I minute. I thought just... you were going to say you have to promise to come over to my house. or oh, so. th- I was oh. ready to say yes. <laughs> well, listen, this is a fact. This is happening. <laughs> you have to come to my house. Otherwise, I'm going to just like uh, give uh, some other Sylvia the, the gift I have. No, 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 no. I We have to plan it. And I want to go there. And you have to teach me how to make something Lebanese food. Yes, I will do. Absolutely. I am, but you're not, I you're just, not running away. You're singing. No, I'm not. What the heck? <laughs> Hickory dickory duck. The yeah, mouse went the clock. <laughs> yes, yes. There you go. Tell, uh, just tell me, how are you feeling after just being a mom? You're a mom of three now. Well, it's, I love, you know, these kids, I'm their lifeline. I mean, I, I have, I've always wanted to be a mom and be a wife and all that. I really always wanted this life that I have, but it coming from being a, you know, a person that was always out and about and my friends and everything, it, it was a shift in my life. And it was hard because I always had my own identity. I always was very independent. And even when I started dating my husband and I was out one time he's like hey you didn't call me last night and I was like huh I was like oh he cares about me and it was like it was totally a different shift because I didn't have to I never thought about checking in with somebody because I was always so independent for so long so when I shifted into motherhood and that was pretty and then COVID and I had my son was maybe two years old my older one was only two years old when we were going through all of it so we were home together a lot and then once I had the other baby, I just let, had my hands full. And now I finally feel like I'm starting to do things for myself again. And I feel a lot happier. Not that being a mom didn't make me happy, but I, I needed something for myself. And um, my husband had that. He has like, he has so many friends. He, and it's very, I mean, I don't want to say for all men, but it's a lot easier for men to just say, oh, I'm going to go have a coffee with my friend. Because, you know, they don't really think <laughs> twice about True. leaving the kids. You know, for me, it's like, hey, can you watch the kids while I go to the store real quick or this or that? And communicating with my husband saying, like, just because I go to the grocery store by myself does not, that's not me time. Mm-hmm. You know, so having him understand that, too, because he works his ass off. He works up, wakes up at three, three o'clock in the morning every single day and doesn't get home until closer to five. And he works really hard. So it's a happy medium of saying, you know, I respect your hustle and what you do for this family, but I, I also need a little bit of alone time. Yeah. Is it still obsessed with cars? Oh yeah. He loves cars. And we actually are just starting to put a gem in our, in our garage. So we're both, we're on a new mission of like getting healthy, happier and, you know, I think there you go. I put a rut in in everybody. Oh my god! Talking talking about COVID, I mean, come on, come on! Like two years of our lives were, I just changed every one of us. There is no way that I would believe that COVID did not change at least one thing in every single person in this the whole world. It have to be something that changed in your life. I would have never believed that COVID would have made me realize that I hated doing hair. <laughs> I just all of a sudden just was like, I'm done. I don't want to do hair anymore. I'm completely done. Yep. I, I, I feel you. Back. I feel you. It, that, I mean, hair, hair business, the hair industry was really bad during COVID in San Francisco. And until today, Sylvia, it is still so bad. I hear how people and hairstylists are just not happy how slow it is out here in San Francisco with the hair right now. Like literally, uh, I know salons that had like 15, 20 people work. They have two, three people now and they barely open just like Wednesday through Saturday. And that's it. That's really scary. 
Yep. Yep. In in like a depression because I felt like I chose a career that was very disposable and did nothing for me as and, and I had nothing to give and to my kids when I stopped working for nine months that was it thankfully we had I had some unemployment unemployment kick in finally but it was it was really tough and I regretted um choosing to be a cosmetologist it was really sad for me so I'm in the transition of finding something new even right now as well and I don't want to you know say oh being in the industry is terrible about it. it there's a lot of pros about it but thing it's just not for me anymore yeah i feel i hear you okay. about ourselves and uh people who are passionate about themselves they can find always something to do trust me exactly well thank you for talking with me i'll put all of the links and everything below um do you want to say any of you of your instagram handles or anything like that where people can follow you <laughs> yes uh, yes so my personal is sammy s-a-m-m-a-e uh, you can find me. That's my personal. And uh, again, the website is www.transclinic.com. Over there, you can find all our handles, uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, everything. Uh, if you scroll down all the way to the bottom of the uh, first page where you get there, uh, you can uh, just put your email as well out there and you receive emails from us, uh, just uh, some affirmations, some good words every couple of days, all the events we have, all the invitations. And yes, that's it. Uh, I want to say one more thing. Thank you so much, Sylvia, for having me. Uh, it really means the world to me to still be in contact with you because you are an amazing person. Uh, and I, I feel good people are meant to be uh, friends and in connection. And I think you're a great person and I'm proud of you. I'm proud of the family you've built. I'm proud of what you're doing and keep it going. And I love you. I love you too. And you have the best, sweetest heart in the whole world, Sam. You're just such oh. a genuine person. And I'm so proud of you. And I cannot wait to wave the American flag in your face when you get. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you so much, love. And have 